Welcome back to the Task Force Kilo podcast brought to you by Weebs and Weights. I think that's how we're going to do this for now. Um, I'm Nick Orfanos, and I'm here with Kevin Foley. That's always Kevin. Pleasure to be back in the man cave, man. I hey, appreciate that. Thanks yeah. for coming by. Hey, any day of the week. You know, I got to tell you, I've been really looking forward to these more and more. Like whenever we like get the idea for the next episode and you, and we sit down, we make that thing, we start writing out ideas, I literally get lost sometimes. And I'm sure. like looking up all the stuff that people look at online for information. And I get constantly reminded how much garbage is on the internet, So much dude. garbage. You got to have those right keywords. Oh, but I mean, God. we just need, need a little momentum just like everything else in life. Yeah. And everything else just kind of falls together. So today's episode... Uh, we're talking about the process of self-discovery and listening the right way. And I mean, I think most people might, not most people, but a lot of people might be like, self-discovery, yeah, that's a tough one I think a lot of people get. But people like listening the right way. I know how to listen. I listen all the time. Yeah. But uh found out that's not true. It isn't. And I know that's one that I struggle with a lot, especially looking into this stuff. Um I was doing some light research on this online, and it seems a lot of the self-discovery stuff is really pushed towards the spiritual side of things in a way of like star signs and moon signs and all this other stuff. And I think that's a really off-putting to a lot of people because when I see it, I go, that's cool. And I know a lot of, it works for some people and they can get a lot out of that. Um, but I think having a more of a, professional handle on that and understanding like how certain things are and tendencies are is definitely going to be a nice little change for a lot of people to hear this. Yeah. Well, this isn't an easy task for a lot of people. So there isn't going to be a lot of literature on this stuff. There isn't going to be, you know, any kind of experts leading this conversation, especially on the internet, because you got to really do the work for this, the path of self-discovery comes down to examining yourself and the things that you examine are the thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs of yourself. And a lot of people don't want to go down that, that, that hole because some people are kind of scared of what they'll find. Mm. Maybe, I mean, that's probably the, the biggest thing is it's going to stop you. It's like, all right, well, if I really examine, you know, my thoughts to get to the root of them, then where am I? Yeah. Or yeah. who am I? And sometimes for a lot of people, that's extremely terrifying. And I get it, but at the same time, you're never, never going to real, realize who you truly are if you don't do that self-examination and go down those four you know, pillars of yourself to get to the better stuff. And that's understanding what your abilities are. That's understanding what your character is or your feelings. So let me, let me ask a question to kind of get this maybe going off a little bit too. Um, what is self-discovery mean um i looked up and you know what let me i printed something out today kev um so i looked up philosophy specific because obviously that's a very big topic of a lot of mental health stuff is it starts with that you understand certain things then you move into how the mind works and all other stuff quote me if i'm tell me if i'm wrong because that could not be how the academics do it i don't know um but defined by philosophy Okay, and this is my caveman way to talk about this. Um, the central inner force common to all human beings and yet unique to each, which is in the deep source of growth, 
free healthy development in the accordance with the potentials of one generic and individual nature. So that literally is just saying you're unique. You have a way to do, you have a potential that you can reach, but it's very individualized to who that person is. Absolutely. Right. Um, but what does that mean? Cause that's a hard, again, you were just saying the reflection of yourself, right. And not, looking at yourself not and even, diving in. And, yeah. I mean, you want to do some self reflecting, but the examination piece is the biggest one. Mm. You really have to start asking yourself questions of what your thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs, because that's where lies your individuality, your, your uniqueness. You know, why, what got you to where you are and where do you want to be from here? A lot of times people have some issues throughout their life and sometimes they're not too happy about those things or the track that they're on. But a lot of that is just alignment with oneself. Clearly they're misaligned. They're doing things that aren't aren't genuine within. Mm. You know, those are the things that they're being forced to do because of the environment in which they place themselves. But to really understand where you you want to go from here is to do that self-examination. And I, I really don't like saying this, the word self-reflecting because that's just you kind of sitting down and kind of going through the motions. I want, I say examination and I, I'll continue to say that because that really, you know, will start to define certain things for yourself. It's an in-depth look, not yeah, a you, looking mean, at the mirror, right? You can't, yeah. there's no end to the depth that you can really get get into with yourself. You can keep going. There's so much there that you've yet to uncover. That's why you have to have this crazy curiosity and that maniacal drive to to understand who you are. And that takes every day, you know, being still, being silent, um, taking some time for yourself, going for a walk, but really, you know, running through those thoughts and beliefs and seeing what makes sense, what doesn't, why do I feel this way, where did that feeling come from? Because any biological thought creates a physiological reaction. Mm -hmm. So now you have the thought, you have a feeling, and now you have to start to bridge the gap between the two. A lot of times you're just like, oh, you know, I'm feeling this, but I'm just going to let that pass. Instead of saying to yourself, why do I feel this way? Because you would you'd do that with your friend or your family. Mm -hmm. You would ask those questions to them. Why wouldn't you do that for yourself? <laughs> we do it all the time yeah, we treat I, everyone else better way, yeah. than we treat ourselves usually especially in times where other people are feeling pain yeah. even though you might be but if they are most people will jump at that chance to kind of help that other person instead of themselves yeah, yeah. and that's why we kind of have this crazy cyclical reality for ourselves is because we don't necessarily want to do the work for ourselves and and it really has to be done on your own and you have to have you know a notebook with you you have to start writing stuff down because your thoughts and and feelings change you know minute by minute hour by hour and especially over days so you can go from the first page of your notebook six months ago to you know the last page six months forward and and that's two different people you know writing in that notebook which right. is pretty impactful and that's why i love to tell people to journal especially when they're talking about feelings and emotions because you can learn so much of just going back in time because that stuff, you save it. And you also, we're human. We put in some things that we want to and leave some stuff out that we don't want to you know, right, right. put put on paper. And But you know it. And you, it's impossible to lie to yourself. You still know it. And sometimes you'll really you know, remember that when you look back six months from now, which I love to do. I make all my patients write in, in a journal. 
and I love going back there. It's like their homework, so we can always just maintain, you know, consistency and achieve goals. I mean, that's it. That's everything. Put right. a goal down and make sure that we achieve it, especially when it comes to feelings and and emotions. So now, so there's a couple things you said in that that really stood out to me. The curiosity thing, first off. Because that's a, and I've heard this from um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's brought this up before. I think we was talking either on his podcast or with like Bill Nye or something like that. And one of his biggest issues with the STEM field now is that we've lost the curiosity of being a kid. Where, do you remember the days where you would find a rock outside and you would go up to your fan, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad and be like, Ma. I found a fucking rock. Look at the rock. It's look at it. There's ants on it. Like that, like, and you were just immersed in that plant in that rock in that little thing. And you did everything you could. You poked it. Oh, it didn't bite me. It didn't give me a sting. Okay. Let me pick it up. Oh, that didn't like that. Or, and you were sitting there figuring stuff out. Um, I try to make sure what blocks us from doing that with, with ourselves. Cause I know I do it all the time. Did it today thousand times today no for sure oh yeah you know well i mean i think it's motivation i think it's because of you have to be so excited about yourself yeah. you have to be so curious to learn more about yourself you have to do it like you just met a stranger off the street and they you know told you the best story you have to tell those stories to yourself you have to create that you know kid-like imagination again and really just sit there and open up as many of the doors inside yourself that you've closed and locked just to see what's behind door number one and door number two and and continue going down that hallway of places you haven't been in a while yeah and and try to remember your first memory try to remember what you were doing on a random date (laughs) you know and i think i do that a lot if i'm watching a tv show and I, i look at you know when that tv show was released say it was you know the office from you know, December of 2006, I immediately asked the person who I'm watching it with, like, where were you at this date? What yeah, were you yeah. doing? Where were you in life? Because that just shows so much. And it also lends or places a lens on that other person to see how far they've gone and see, you know, if there was a happy time or if it was a sad time or what was going around on, you know, were they in college or starting their career or whatever it may be. But right. you get to learn so much about that. And that's the same kind of curiosity you have to have in yourself of where was I on this random date? What was I doing? How was I feeling? And that's the stuff that gets me going, especially when I'm having conversations with people. Because you get to elicit so much information and extract so many different feelings and and maybe nostalgia like we talked about earlier. Because that's an amazing, immersive feeling that you get to really feel you know, not only just mind, but body too. Sometimes you can create new, those smells that you had, you know, from years ago in an instant. And look how powerful your brain is to be able to throw you right back in that time traveling mode. Right. Now, those moments, right? Because different ones have different value, obviously. Of course. Right. So are the moments that you truly remember, like when you you look back at, I remember when my uncle taught me how to, hit a baseball yeah you know and that stuck with you and that's why you love baseball but you don't remember baking with baking as like a cupcake on a tuesday night during christmas time you know is it bad that you don't remember the smaller stuff and the other one had more value and is that kind of the goal is to kind of be able to be like i can remember that tuesday night cupcake 
even though we did it every week. And I just remember burning my hand and my mom being the nicest person in the world that day. Like those moments, they kind of fleet, right? And is that because of just constant inflow of new information? No. Or is that just you being That's the alignment. But that's the alignment. That Okay. Those certain memories that you remember are clearly aligned to who you are and what you're about. So the things that get lost over time or aren't as meaningful as some other memories, it's just because they didn't quite align as well as the other things. And that's the stuff that you can really hold on to. Those those are foundational pieces to getting you to where you are today and what your interests really are and what you like and dislike. So what's the end goal? when We're talking about self-discovery, right? Like you're obviously trying to find a purpose, find, you know, like your purpose for living, our potentials, you know, opportunities to act in the direction that we should probably be going for the things that we enjoy. But that right? creates more happiness. So if you mm. start to understand more of yourself, you're going to put yourself in better positions and better environments as you move through life. The things that you you know, haven't liked before that you still continue to find yourself in. Now you can start moving away from those things because you know exactly what aligns within yourself and you're going to lead more in that direction, especially when you're creating new goals and things that maybe before your goals weren't as precise because they weren't actually things you wanted to do. You just thought you wanted to. And now you're able to make better goals, more precise and creative to get you where you want to go the the creating of goals mm-hmm. thing let me rephrase this so obviously we've talked about environmental factors almost every time we have a conversation and the the impact that that has now when it comes to like self-discovery stuff since we're on that topic you know how you kind of get lost in a kind of in a snowball effect of, you know, the people around you and you're doing stuff and you think you're enjoying it, but you could just be enjoying the people around you. And now you start fabricating a fake, you know, this is my purpose. Happens all the time. Constantly, right? And God, this is is a tough one because this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot this week since you sent me like, hey, we're doing this. And I was like, okay, so like I looked at the, the fabrication of what like other people see you as might not be what you actually are or most of the time probably isn't right and it's hard to find a mentor or people that support you enough to be like this isn't you or this is you let's keep going and stuff like that so like when i, I don't know how to ask you know where i'm going with this yeah it's I impossible think, to it's find a it, hard question to ask like it's, i love that you just brought it up because it's impossible to find the right mentor mm. all you're really looking for is somebody to provide you know some guidance some support but also create new thought and force you to make tougher decisions. So like going back to that examination of thoughts, words, beliefs, and actions, you know, has it gave you a better understanding and more knowledge of who you are in terms of your abilities, your character, and like more than just your feelings, but your abilities and character get to put you in a place where you know you're going to excel or succeed. So if, you're good at, let's say, typing. So you find a job that, you know, you like typing, you like to, you know, write a little bit, you like to be, you know, using a computer or something as, a, as your tool for the day. Or maybe if you're not good at that, and now you find yourself behind a desk 
typing for a living. Even though maybe the career is good, you got benefits, you got, you know, a decent salary, but you're not good at typing. You're not good at going through numbers or Excel sheets, but you find yourself there. Everything else around you is pretty good, but the job itself isn't fulfilling because you're not good at it. And it takes a ton of time to get good at it. It's been a few years already, and it still isn't okay, aligned. I feel, I feel personally attacked. Okay, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just using that as a nice, no, easy yeah. example because so many f- people find themselves in a cubicle behind a desk with a computer, yeah. and those things just don't align. Even though everything else is good, probably great salary. Obviously, you know you're in a tech company. Everything's kind of exciting in that space right now, but you're still like shit. Things are good. If I talk to somebody, they'll tell me to keep the job, yep. even though they don't understand. When I sit down and I start typing, my job takes a little bit longer. I can't get as much done. I don't feel very productive. I don't feel fulfilled. But sure, I have a great salary. And a lot of people just get stuck there. Instead of understanding a little bit more about themselves and, and doing that, hey, I really hate being in this cubicle or I hate being behind a desk. I need to be outside. I need to... I'd rather be a park ranger. All right, well, let's start to explore those things a little bit more. The world is a weird place, man. There's so many things that you're saying right now that I've literally had the conversation with myself this week. Like the the EPS, park ranger stuff. I was looking into that, yeah, literally. Nice. And that's crazy yeah. that this is like how this works. But it just, but. and that's because we find ourselves in an environment and we find ourselves going down this path. And sometimes there are no breaks. So we're just full hammer. tilt, yeah. trying to hammer it, trying to be successful and no one even defines success anymore maybe it's money maybe it's a house maybe it's a car who knows but until you really define what is success for yourself because individualized right of course society has such a grip on us right now because of you know the phones in our pocket has access to so much you know social media so many articles and literature i mean we do more reading today than the entire world previous to 1900 has done in their lifetime it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of overload there. That's why I'm just getting back to the basics. Get your phone away. Go do some yard work. Get in your headspace a little bit. Find out what you're good at. Talk to yourself about it. And and see, you know, over the years, what have you done? What do you like? What let me hear? Where do I want to go from here? I mean, self-discovery is probably the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. But no one ever really does. They'll read some books. and But... You have all the answers within you already. You don't need any books to bring you closer to yourself. You just need yourself. And what do you say to the person that, you know, the, the, the person that's up behind the cubicle that's making good money that maybe wants to be, maybe thinks they, they enjoy baking a lot and they're like considering being a baker and stuff like that. And obviously money is unfortunately a very real, um, well, how do I want to phrase this, Kev? It's a very real piece of culture that we have to stick with because that's just how the economy works and how the world works. I don't know. I think 2022 right now, I think anybody who wants to start a business, they can find $50,000 pretty easy to you know, have enough rent for the next six months and buy a couple of pieces of equipment and get rolling get going on it. pretty easy. I mean, anybody that says they can't open a business, a small business right now, I would... So you you're not trying too. hard enough because I know that you can. People raise money for the craziest things on the planet now. It's true. And and there's a lot I of government would, money out there that's just yeah. sitting in limbo doing nothing. Waiting there's just for so to many. Sign it off. Yeah. There are so many so many resources out there now 
you know, you have a nice business plan, you go to somebody and say, this is what I want to do. You start to do some, you know, crowd crowdfunding within your friends and family. I'm pretty sure you can get pretty close to, you know, yeah, enough yeah. to start off for six months and, and have a lot of people believe in you. And then that's really when you find who find out who believes in you too. Right. And get you closer to, you know, that, that momentum swing that we always talk about. I'm glad you bring that, brought that back. Cause I was about to say like, before we turn into the business force uh, podcast, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get back on track. But, um, so we, we, we've skirted around a little bit. We know that there's an overlying danger, right. Of not doing this, of not finding out who you are and pursuing that. Right. But like, let's, It'd be a tragedy if you didn't. But like, give us give us that list. Like, what are the like the what are the dangers and the consequences of not doing this? Searching to be you. Well, I mean, I think if anybody ever struggles with happiness, that would be the first place I take them. We'd go f- through a, you know, exploratory conversation about all the things that we like about our life and all the things we dislike about it. And then we check the box, you know, where you work in the hardest, you know, where's your effort that isn't as strong as some other parts of your life and seeing what's aligning here. And when you do that, when you make some lists like this, you're forced to really examine those things and say, you know, am I putting effort in the areas that are the weakest right now? And can I or do I want to put in more effort those places? Because obviously you when you put in more effort in other places, some effort's going to be taken away from some places. So it's that give or take. Where do you want it to be? And then, you know, happiness, I think, is the end goal for all this stuff. So more days that you're happy, more days that you feel like you know yourself, that you're going in the right direction, that you're feeling fulfilled, that you have a purpose, that you're walking with a sense of urgency to get to better places, that's when, you know, times really start clicking for you. Uh, It's the stuff where, you're not gaining any momentum. You're not feeling productive. Is when the start, when that start thing, those things start to swing the other direction, and more mishaps begin to happen. More of that snowball effect of disruption or distress within yourself start to occur, and then you get to see relationships damaged, careers aren't where they want to be, um, your own purpose and fulfillment isn't as high, and your happiness and drive just isn't there. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have a drive. I don't have motivation. I don't, you know, it takes me a while to get going in the morning. Oh, <laughs> that is clearly a huge disruption in your life. Yeah. And needs to be understood immediately. Because mm-hmm. if you're telling me this, I'm going to say, well, how many conversations about it have you had with yourself? You should have the answers before you even come to me with that. Hey, this is what's happening. Because if I am having... A struggle in the morning, getting up, getting going to work, or turning on my computer, or making some calls that I have to do. I'm letting a ton of people down. So it has to be do the work of myself. Make sure that you know I am so motivated, ready to go. Want to have these conversations. Want to be able to go down the road of you know. Tell me about your thoughts. You know this feeling happened. Where were your thoughts at? What were you doing? Um, but it's all about getting to a better place and staying there. Not there's no a better place than a better place. Yeah. That's it. And that, that's a, that's a really powerful sentence. That's right. Well, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times I want more, I want more. There isn't any more. There doesn't need to be any more. Everything more is you. And once you're good with that, 
nothing around you ever matters. That's when you have all the power in the world and you'll never give it to anyone. It's when you don't know enough about yourself, that's when we're so easily influenced to give up our power to jobs, to partners, to friends, to family, all those things so easily. So how do you differentiate between... Took me a while to get there, but... No, you're good. No, yeah. But like, so the... So like the emotions and stuff that you're going to feel in those situations, you know, like the guilt, the depression, the self-alienation, the um, externalized self-worth, the uh, the the fabrication of happiness, all those things. No right? one can do that but you. Where's the fine line between it being you're not searching for yourself and there's, is there any point of that where there's a little bit of that that needs to happen because of you needing the... Again, I go back to the finances thing because I know that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people. I probably shouldn't be leading on that as much as I am for this conversation, but maybe that's a good thing for us to talk about a little bit too, sure. right? Because finances are tough for everybody. Uh, well, not, maybe not everybody, but like, you know, some people went to school and have $200,000 of student loans and they have to get a job in the field that they got because that's what's going to pay back the money that they need because they have to do it and they're stuck doing 70 hours a week. But they want to, we'll use the baking example again, start a baking thing and like how do you take that and budget your emotional and your mental budget uh, well i just budget 14 times in a sentence how do you take those budgeting put then what you need into that and then be able to get the fulfillment out of what you're doing so you know you're growing that at the same time how do you balance that out i know it's not an easy question for you to answer no i think either, it's the easiest question i think it it's comes to Two things. Would you rather have financial debt or emotional debt? Mm. I would be happy to have emotional or financial debt any day of the week. That emotional debt, though, no, I'm not going to give that up. Yeah. I have this debt because of school or because of, you know, whatever. It could be anything. But that debt is not going to, should never cripple your hopes and dreams the place where you want to be the most. That is just a tool. It's just a means to an end. You'll figure it out as long as you start going the direction in which, you know, your internal guidance system, that GPS next to your heart is saying, you know, take a right. Direction. Yeah. Don't take that left. Don't be stuck in a place where you're, you feel forced because of that financial debt. Now you not only have financial debt, but you now have emotional debt and depression and stress and all these things that just kind of come with it. And now what you're saying to yourself, oh, it's because of this. No, it's it's because you, you made some choices that you're not happy with. That's where the depression lies. It's all about you. You know, your body knows all the things that you kind of shy away from a little bit because, you know, you, you're never going to learn what you don't want to know. Right. <laughs> and I think that's extremely powerful. It's like, you're not going to learn about yourself when you don't want to know the answer to some of the things that kind of swirling about right, or right. got you places. And you want to just kind of shut the door on them and you'll deal with them down the road, but they just fester and get bigger and bigger. That's why it's all about, you know, making the right choices, understanding why you made those choices. Even if you made a bad choice, learn from it, understand it and, and pivot. Okay. So there's two directions that we can go. Please. We can go, Right into the what do you do and how, or I think this is probably a 
probably a better place to start would be for those that don't know how to even get like I don't know what my purpose is I haven't figured that out yet how do you start realizing like is it oh I'm interested in gaming so let me try a development course or let me start putting out feelers to this person or I like anime I gotta learn how to draw or the baking thing let me start let me go get my first mixer like you know those things like how how can you if you if you feel like you're floundering if you feel like you're floundering and you don't really have a direction you don't know what way is up and you don't know what you enjoy what you like how do you start picking away at that and kind of you know one iteration at a time being like i hate putting down floors fuck that i hate putting walls up okay construction is probably not in my future right but i like gardening maybe i'm yep. gonna work on a farm you know like that's the best because you always know what you don't want or don't like. Uh, you always know that. You're not always going to know what you do like and you do want to do yeah. or what you like and want to do. And that's like, that's the best part because the obstacle is the opportunity. Yeah, now yeah. you get to be curious again. Now you get to start small exactly how you just put it. You know, you get that first mixer. You start your first recipe. You, you know, you go to your first coding class and you just start small and see if that gets you you know that little chest out the eyes wide open kind of look because that's the stuff where you're going to start to say wait i like this this is nice this makes me feel good yeah yeah i'm starting to feel a little bit momentum here some fulfillment and i can go in this direction and it's leading me further now i just met a, a good friend in this class and this person's trying this and now i know their story now i'm making connections in a place and an environment which I chose to be in for all the right reasons and it becomes bigger and bigger and it, it's telling me and showing me a lot about myself that I didn't know before and that's the start of something great. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to ask this question because I feel like it's a tough place to put it but how do you decide if, decide maybe be the wrong word but how do you figure out if you're tricking yourself that like oh it's something new and that's kind of exciting because you like trying things new and all of a sudden you tell yourself yes i do like this but then 10 years down the line you're all of a sudden you're like this isn't what it was you just restart right then and there and you know well or are there going to be signs along it's the not way a trick probably... it's never a trick you're not going to trick yourself mm. your feelings aren't a trick all these are real uh, i i don't want to ever think that you get to pull the wool over your own eyes because you can't even though sometimes you'll try to convince yourself and be that <laughs> ambivalent factor, the push-pull that happens in life. Well, it feels good, but should I be doing this? Should I just go to my, my, my previous career or talk to my old boss and get my job back? No, you're good. Just keep moving in the direction that your feelings are leading you. Yeah, yeah. And keep having that conversation about yourself to yourself. Hey, I felt this. This feels good. Why? All right, because I'm doing this, this, and this, and I've made small steps, but these small steps are increasingly getting bigger, and now I find myself, you know, a lot happier. I have less stress, but maybe I'm still in debt. But at the same time, I feel more like myself in this environment that I place myself in, not being forced. Um, and that's the stuff that you always have to have those conversations with yourself. And then you can kind of make sure someone else is on the journey with you. Mm -hmm. So you just got that sounding board. You're going back and forth. That person's supporting you, but you're also getting checked. That checks and balances is big. You got to have people in your life that are like that, that can be the devil's advocate in times where 
you, like you said, kind of tricked yourself into thinking, you know, you should just kind of go back to doing what you're doing before. Yeah, yeah. But it led you to a better place. So now you always have to remember that. And journaling really helps with that stuff. So, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I think I know the answer to this question. So the whole adage of sometimes you have to do stuff you don't want to do to do what you want is bullshit. You can always or, do what you want to do. Yeah. You never have to do what you don't want to do. Never. So are there ever things that are necessary that are going to suck because they you don't realistically need to do them, but you have to for the yeah, necessity some, of life? Sometimes right? you have rites of passage in life. I like that. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, sometimes you choose a job. There are a couple portions of it that you don't like or there there's a six-month school ahead of you. You don't really like school, but you love the job. You love what it's going to create for you. That's an opportunity. That yeah. is a rite of passage that... I've had to do so many through my life. I've had to go to school, go to so many different trainings, all these things to get to where I am today. And I wouldn't change any of that because it just made me a more well-rounded person. And now I'm able to you know, help so many people in the field that I'm in as a licensed mental health counselor. And I feel like if I didn't go through all those rites of passage to get to where I am, then my words would have little to no value. And I feel like because of where I've been, what I've done and experienced has given me a very unique sense of awareness of not only myself, but others as well. They're going to be telling your story for generations, Kev. I don't mind. It's a good story to be told. Well, it's a good story to be told. I just, someone said this to me, not in in these words, but a lot of times we have, have trouble and we always want to find somebody to kind of give us a little bit more clarity, especially when we feel pain. And we want to talk about the things that make us feel pain. Um, And a lot of, we all have it. We all go through a ton of ton of things that develop in so many different ways, especially physiologically and mentally and, and, and those things. And you always want to be able to, you know, carry carry it with someone else. Especially when, you know, you can't carry, so I'll carry it for you until you can carry on. Mm. And a lot of times that you need, you know, on these journeys, especially self discovery, you need somebody else to help you ask better questions, help yourself ask better questions, create new thought and a better understanding of yourself and always rely on, you know, I always tell people to make sure you have a few core values before you get into this self-discovery, whatever they may be. They could be, you know, self-respect, respect for others, um, honor, courage, personal courage. Uh, we can go into so many different realms of what really means something to you just in case when things do get tough you get to just rely on those core values that you want to adhere to but also live through as you discover more parts of yourself and they become part of you as you move forward uh, a lot of people need some sort of mission statement before they go on a journey like this you know what is it going to be you want to come out on the other end being loved and loving more you know unconditionally maybe or do you want to help others in different kind of aspects of their lives? You want to help yourself? You want to, um, you know, there are just so many ways you can kind of go through it. But having that clear vision of your core values and your mission of why you really want to do this and where you want to end up to, I think that's really powerful for someone to jot down before they start in their journal to actually get through their or examine those thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs. All right, so what now? What to do and how? You start. You got a notebook. Put down your mission statement. 
throw down some core values that really mean something to you that got you to where you are today that are going to hold you to this commitment to yourself as you discover more parts and better parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed and you're going to be curious and excited and motivated to become a better you on the other side and that's really just understanding more about yourself gaining some knowledge doing some good internal work for yourself that no one ever really does but everyone needs to and you'll just be so happy on the other end knowing that all these opportunities are at your fingertips to get closer to where you want to be so I had a in my uh, very caveman research using the interwebs you know you ever seen Zoolander of course remember when they were like hitting the Apple computer and they're like hitting it you know they're like look like caveman oh, yeah. right yeah so in my uh, my access to the internet um, I was looking through a bunch of different stuff and uh, we talked about the how there's a big spiritual presence when it comes to self-discovery and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but there were a lot of really good points that did come up a lot. Um, and so I wrote a couple of those down. And a couple, one of them I, I wrote in all caps was communities. Um, and I, and I, the reason I did that was because like the whole idea of Weaves and Wage was to create a community of everyone that's like-minded, that liked similar things and had similar passions to be able to get together and like uplift each other right like that was that was what weebs and weights stood is still stands for right and so surrounding yourself with like the supportive family the the friends the siblings the lovers the finding a community of things that you enjoy doing a baking community that gets together and they bake once a week whatever it is right um good or bad I mean, like that kind of thing. Obviously, it's a, I, I, in my head, it says good thing, right? But there's obviously a potential inherent risk to any of this stuff. Um, and like there's the good side of it where it's like you joined it, you find other people that are similar passion, which we've already been talking about 14 times today. And then the bad stuff with needing to create boundaries with people that put you down, that don't align their vision of what they think you are with what you want to be. And they're not supportive of it, right? So... Um, and this is all environment and atmosphere, I guess, conversation is where I'm getting at with this. Is like the environment that you're putting yourself into that... God, this so... This is, I, I'm struggling to get questions out today, Kev. This is... Well, the environment yeah. is, is you. You're the environment. <clears throat> so if you really start to do the work on yourself, you always have that buffer around you. You know, your boundaries are always available for everyone to see. Mm. If you are... If there's anything in terms of a disconnect with others crossing boundaries, all that, all those things is because expectations weren't set and you're not managing that relationship effectively by being yourself or doing the work prior to that initial, you know, relationship building phase because that all, all that stuff is available for all to see when you've done the work and that environment you place yourself in is so pure is because you've already done the work in yourself so any environment that you go to next is already a place where you should and will want to be so that all that stuff kind of takes care of itself let's say okay takes care of itself i like i like how you put like you are the environment until that's interesting but if you don't do that work you're not the environment the environment is the environment that you place yourself into 
Right, and then yeah, you just get too, swept away with the current. I just want to make sure that I'm clear with that because earlier that I talked about putting yourself in environments, but once you your environment is already built and you've done the work on yourself, then you wherever you go, it stays the same. My list is dry on the... <laughs> do you have more? Do you have any more on the... No, I think we really covered this well. Okay. All right, now I'm ready to get my mind blown here with uh, listening. So this this was a tough one for me because I know that as a Greek, and I'm blaming my blaming my culture on this one as a uh, as a Greek child raised in a Greek community and surrounded by very loud, kind of half listening, but also very strict on certain things that you don't hear. You don't really memorize the majority of what actually is said in a conversation right we go back 30 seconds i brought up environment we already talked about environment right like so like i right there in here live as we're recording this and i'm not cutting that out because mistakes are important for everyone to hear um and i'll be the first one to admit that and give let people see that yeah i fuck up a lot right um but listening so i was looking up apparently you only memorize or 25 to 50% of what you hear in a conversation actually gets stuck. So when you're in a meeting with your boss or with the, or you're listening to your wife or your girlfriend, or significant other, you're uh, right now in this conversation, like trying not to have any kind of distractions outside of it, right? But I'm looking down on my paper so I can have notes and I missed a couple things, right? Because I'm not being direct with you. Is that true? <laughs> is 25 50% is that yeah but think of all the things that are happening within a conversation yeah what are the four types of communication we get verbal nonverbal, um written and eye contact those are the four types of com- communication now you even go deeper with nonverbal. then you get body language yep facial expressions and gestures like you're you're able to gain so much information in a conversation without words even being spoken right now you have the words as well there's a lot going on and a lot of times people aren't aware of everything that's happening within a conversation and you know how it goes most times someone is talking and the other person is thinking of a response the whole time so then you're definitely not listening to anything or you just take a couple words and like oh i know what this person's talking about but most of the time there's going to be a huge disconnect there because just because you had a similar experience and now you're just going back in your head to that experience that kind of is similar to the, what is being said, now you're really not listening and your response to that is going to be not what that person needs. Right, right. Right? So a lot of times no one really looks at the body language, how a person is sitting um, or how they're standing, where, where their shoulders are, they slumped, and how their hands you know, interlocked, or their arms crossed. Where's the yeah, head yeah. position? Uh, you know, all those. Where's the eye contact? Is there any? Is the person nodding now, in is agreement that, or is, nodding in disagreement? And are those individual? Because those are those got to have like certain people are going to have certain quirks, right? So like the poker face idea, right? Like where oh this guy has a tell, but like the way you because like your posture is way different than I am right now. Of course, I'm a little bit more laid back. My arms are crossed, but I'm like I'm looking at you. My head's tilted like I'm a dog, going, "Oh, what's going on?" Right? But you're straight. You're sitting up, leaning forward. You're a little bit more proud, standing. You're 
deeply looking into me with those gorgeous blue eyes of yours, right? Like, and that's like, okay, like he's invested in this right now, right? Like, that's very different than how I'm postured. So is that becoming, when you're meeting someone for the first time and listening, it's a very different game, right? How do you figure out? Yeah, all that stuff is very nuanced. Yeah, You're adjusting as it goes, as a conversation comes, you're adapting. But a lot of the time, you got to know the room. Mm. And I love that saying because it can be, you know, said for so many places we find ourselves, especially in a conversation. And that's where I'm going to generate a ton of information from that body language, from those hand gestures, from that facial expression mm-hmm. af- as I'm speaking. Okay. Because I'm going to know, is this person even present? Are they interested in what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because then I can adjust what I'm saying to this person. Do I want to make this a fruitful, valuable conversation? Of course, I want to make all my conversations as valuable as possible because I don't want any wasted time, especially when we're able to engage because you get to learn so much about, you know, so many things depending on, you know, where you are, what you're talking about, who you're talking to. But that's the biggest thing, know your room. And that means, is this a place where, what type of conversation can I have right now? Do I want to get serious? Do I want to ask for advice? Do I want some guidance? Do I want all these things? Do I want to, you know, find out about this person? Is this person coming to me for, you know, a myriad of things, suggestions, guidance, advice, opinions? But then I have to kind of structure my response if I'm listening to that person and what they're bringing to the table and all that. So I need to be present. I need to be engaged. I need to make sure that my eye contact is giving them the ability to speak freely. Yeah. And I also want to match my body language to the other person. Okay. All so right. if we want to be able to have a back and forth conversation, I want to kind of mimic the way we're sitting, the way we're, you know, hopefully we're kind of dressed the same, you know, yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. the same kind of environment. Uh, and that's really going to help develop a better conversation. You know, get a little bit deeper in it, especially if the person needs, maybe they're in a place where they want some advice or guidance and we want to have a very organic conversation and explore new thought and get into the nitty gritty of things uh, because that's really helpful. So if you're matching body language, uh, eye contact is the biggest thing. If you're looking around, if you have your phone in your hand, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those things, you know, immediately I just disconnect completely. You know, that phone is is a pro- extremely problematic if you're trying to have a good conversation. Yeah. And if you have a notification and you keep looking at it, uh, that's another big, you know, no-no in the, in the world of listening. Right. Because the distractions, and the best part about it is a two to five minute conversation, you can be engaged for that long. Oh, yeah. You can, you know, put the things away and, and just be able to be in the moment with somebody else and have, you know, a better conversation i think that's that's so important so important and that's something that i definitely have lost over i mean everyone probably has 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 a weakened skill at this now especially after the past couple years right and it wasn't like there was a comeback to reality it was okay go and i know people that me and them were very like hands-on we'd hug each other all the time we'd see each other and now we get together and it's almost kind of like hey guys you know it's like what happened like we still talk to each other every day. We still text at each other. We still play games together. We're talking online. But like that loss of that interpersonal skills of seeing people hand to hand, like it's 
you don't realize how important that is and like the emotional that i don't want to say spiritual the emotional connection to somebody else by being here tangible i can touch you you know what i mean like that's a big don't go touching random people people but you know what i mean like yeah i mean you know a lot of times you can feel the energy across the room though too yeah i mean we we talk about it all the time well that energy was a little off there didn't really feel comfortable when i walked into this room the vibe the vibe all those things i and those are real I mean, yeah. a lot of people are bringing a ton of chemicals in every room, and now you're mixed with a bunch of other chemicals because there are other people in the room too. Uh, and you're just trying to look for that right mixture. Yeah. And a lot of times you can kind of distill it down to your own and say, all right, what am I bringing to the table? How can I influence the other people around me you know, with my vibe? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times you can do it in a blink of a, you know, in a blink so quickly. A just, blink of a switch. Yeah, just hit that light switch and you're, yeah. and you're there. And that really helps with conversation what do you bring to the table first and foremost and then a lot of times we want to respond to our own experiences and i feel like that's not something we should do i don't think because of your experiences they're not always valid and to get all the information that you need to begin to give advice or guidance and all those things is you got to start with solid communication with the other person that's that's want that wants those things and if you're not giving them uh, a platform to give you all the information are you asking good questions are you really trying to explore these thoughts this story with this person Mm -hmm. to get to a better end result you know you you got to make sure you're there and that's the listening thing is so big and to let all the information get on the table before you are interacting with a response or some advice Especially the advice thing. I always caution people against the advice thing until they have all the information. Yeah. Because how can you give any kind of advice if you don't? If you have a little bit, then you're kind of just putting up that obstacle within the conversation. Now, it seems the advice thing, you saying this sparked it, online, the the, the dangerous words, online, right? It was very split opinion, it seemed like. It seemed like, they were saying, and and this is hard because you're you're trying to give like blanketed advice to anyone that's looking it up. So like if you look up like oh if I a friend's having a problem how do I help them, and they're always like oh listen you know like if they want advice give them advice if you truly understand what they're going through. But it's like but how do you truly understand what someone's going through? You're never going to get 100 percent of the information, and that delivery from one person to the other is going to lose something. That's why you look at like even the court system. There's 15 people that go up there and talk on the stand to get different to get the information so that a jury of multiple people can get together and make a decision right and you're sitting here as a friend trying to give you know um so the reason i looked up that specifically was a friend of mine came to me and was struggling with something and literally i always think when something something like that happens i think about you because the conversations that we've had and i was like okay i need to not i need to remove myself from me always and just kind of ask them questions that are going to make them think and make them work through it. Right. And I'm in no way a professional at this and I suck at this myself, right? And there's certain people that you're uncomfortable with that you can be, you try to be more matter of fact with and that's probably the wrong fucking thing to do. If not is the wrong thing to do. And so like with this person I tried to like just ask it like, "Well, like did you think about this way? Have Absolutely. you thought about this? Did you try to like maybe work on like did you communicate with this person or whatever?" And it's like well, no, I didn't. I was like, well, then how do you know that they're not having a bad day too and that's why things went off rails? Absolutely. 
just be like, how can I be better? How can I do this? What can I do differently? Like work with them. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. But you need to, and this is, I mean, now I'm just like kind of ranting a little bit, but no, like that's perfect. I mean, yeah, you can't say it any better. It's more so asking those exploratory questions and, and you know putting advice to the side for a little bit. Yeah. Until you feel a little bit more comfortable. Is this advice really gonna do anything for this person, or am I just responding? Because if you're just responding yeah. and trying to be part of an active participant when you should be more of an observant participant, I think that's where you know, you're gonna hold a little bit more value. So is there like a role playing thing you can do with either like a, a really close friend or a mentor Absolutely. or even with yourself? Because you like now saying this out loud, I'm kind of like, you know, when I was doing that for them, there was so much clarity there. And then when that was over and I went back to 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 uh, examine myself, it was like the world was all over. Like it was just chaos. But if I could remove myself from myself and have that conversation individually. Sure. And maybe that's where the writing it down and the journaling comes yeah. in hand is well, you ask the question and then you write it out and then you ask that question and you write it out. So like, this is where, oh, we're coming full circle, Kev. Always it's building. Always we're never going down. Um, but think of, just going back to that journal, think about how, how that written language and that, how much more clear it's going to be than being verbal all the time. Yeah. And how much it's going to impact yourself by seeing these things being written and seeing them evolve too within that just one thought led you here. You have one sentence. Now I got two, three, four, and you just begin to expand that thought into a much better, much more clear thought than you started with. And that's the stuff that you really like to do and want to get to more, especially right. when you're speaking with someone else. And that's what the written stuff does for you. So we talked about body language. We talked about you know, eye contact, attention, being, you know, posturing, trying to like kind of reflect them a little bit and kind of get that, well, maybe not reflect them, but kind of match that energy yeah, and stuff like that, right? So important. Emotion. In a conversation, enemy or ally? Oh, that's really difficult. Because I know I'm such an emotional a great question. Person. And so am I. And I get really passionate in my yeah. conversations. Especially when I'm feeling energies from others too. It's very hard for me to close my emotions off. Yeah. Usually I have to, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things I, to do. So depending on knowing the room, you got to know the room, you got to know the person to be able to reflect the same emotion or yeah, yeah, yeah. it could even be the opposite depending on what you're hearing. So many things happen in conversation. You could be upset by what they're saying. You could, you know, be sad. They might not be. Yeah. You know, all those things kind of play a part and you got to be able to understand is this the right time to display emotion within this conversation? Am I overreaching or overstepping by showing emotion? Should I kind of keep it, you know, tucked under yeah, yeah, yeah. for a little longer? Um, so usually I would say ally. Small portion of the time it's an enemy, but okay. usually it's an ally. Okay. And obviously that's very individual between the who it is and what it sure. is. But you also always want to make you friggin' want to sure. lose your shit all the time, right? Road rage is, a, is an issue for a reason, right? Like, well, I, I hope we're not talking about road rage. In this. No, but <laughs> we'll get that's another podcast well, altogether. You know? Yeah. Uh, I yelled at someone on the way over here, but it wasn't my fault. I swear. Well, you know? Like, but no influence of others, right? Yeah. That person can't influence your feelings. Only you can influence your feelings. Yeah. It was about you. It wasn't about that person. Yeah. Remember that. Well, yeah, Kevin. Some right. work you got to do. 
So in a conversation, sometimes you don't understand what someone says or they say something a certain way and like to them it makes sense and you have no idea what the hell's going on. Clarifying questions. You got to make sure you do it. How do you, is it okay to just be like, hold up? Yeah. I need you to clarify that Absolutely. or try to summarize back to them like what you're saying is And if they don't have the this? time to clarify certain things, they haven't done enough prior to the conversation to have it with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you know, know in the room, this person is still in their pre-contemplation phase. They're still going through all these things. Let me, it's okay. They might get upset that you're asking for a clarifying question, but they need to understand the value of it in that instance. It's like, all right, you, you haven't done enough prior to this. Now we're going to do it together. Yeah, now yeah. we're going to start putting more of your thoughts on the table to understand a little bit more because that's when, and sometimes they'll be like, wait, let me get this thought out. Like, no, no, no. We got to start it from step one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll get more thoughts and better thoughts, but you got to work with me because we're in the, this conversation together now. And that ends and up I'm, making conversations so tough. And I've been there doing it too. I'm sure everyone has where like that thing, like, hold on, let me get this thought out. But it's like, but that's what we're trying. That's what that other person a lot of the time is trying to help you do. And instead of you're like, oh, I'm frustrated because I don't know how to verbalize this. One thing I've been doing with my brother because he's also, he's he does a lot of content stuff and he's been growing a lot. Mm -hmm. And we've been going back with stuff and there's been times where he'll start saying something or I'll start saying something and now we get to the point where we're like, I don't know how to verbalize this yet, but I'll get back to you on it. And that has made such a difference in our relationship too because trying to grow something that's a similar idea, not content-wise, but like just like the, the blanket of the what content is or sure, right? making yeah. things, doing something very scientific, which he's what he does, and doing stuff that's a little bit more on the fun fitness mix stuff is a lot very different in my mind because they're so individually like spaced. But we've gone to that point now where we're like, hold on. We obviously we don't know what we're talking about yet. Figure it out, come back. And the conversation gets on pause and then we'll come back a day later and be like, Hey, this is what I thought I think I meant. And then that conversation keeps rolling. Is there a time period that's too long in between space? Like should you sit down in a conversation and finish it to the fullest that you can at that point? Or yeah. is taking time back and writing some stuff down or whatever? Yeah, taking time is better? always important, always yeah. valuable. But at the same time, if you want to enter in a conversation, there needs to be that that upfront contract or agreement, let's say, and that yeah, yeah. should just be established between friends or family of if we enter in a conversation, like let's do as much as we can in the space, ask your questions, I'll ask mine type of thing. You need clarifying you know, answers to some of your questions. Well, I need to be able to give them to you or at least try to. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. As long as there's an attempt there, some effort, then it's okay. But for the ones who get frustrated really easily, Sometimes you have to walk on eggshells with some people, and I get that, but that's only going to help them. Yeah. And they'll thank you for it afterwards. Right. At, at first, you'll be like, oh, it's a little off-putting that you're going to try to shut my questions up, but at the same time, hey, there should be some respect here. Yeah. Let's make sure. But if there isn't, then you know this is not a conversation that you want to be into, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. will also help you exit you know, left stage at any point. <laughs> So, but impromptu, like, so a lot of conversations sometimes happen like impromptu, right? They just, it's, you start talking, uh, we're watching, I don't know, uh, Rings of Power that's been coming out, sure. right? And something sparks something and a conversation takes off. And it's not something that neither of you decided to talk about and it might not be prepared. 
or premeditated in any way, but like that conversation is important at that point. How do you kind of play with that? Is it just being as straight up and clear of like, can you clarify that a little bit better? And like having those probing questions, is that just like in well, those moments, that's, you know? It's pretty awesome when you're able to do that with yeah. somebody, you know, able to have that back and forth, that good, you know, strong, direct banter uh, within conversations because you get to the point so much quicker than if you would, if you just kind of let things linger out in space for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the more direct, the better All always. Um, that respect factor really increases over time too within those conversations. At first, maybe... You know, it's not as strong, but by the end of the conversation, I guarantee you, you're going to have a lot better relationship with that person when you're engaged, asking, you know, better questions, being able to have them clarify certain things, because that's really going to open up so many other uh, directions of, of thought. And like I always tell you, any question, any conversation, you got to deliver and create new thought. You yeah, have yeah. to. Be, it needs otherwise, to it, needs to it has to, because yeah. then we're just dying. If we're not growing, we're dying. And those conversations about anything can just always be valuable when you're in that realm. Even if you're talking about, you know, cereal boxes. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a cereal box collecting well, scene I mean, out there. There has to be. Breakfast yeah. table, you usually have some good conversations. God, I could use some cereal. That's actually really good. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I, the, 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 the cut brain I know, is... No, the cut brain. I shouldn't have talked crazy. about cereal because no, that's it's the one okay. thing you're going to... I'm literally doing cardio at the gym when I'm on the treadmill and I'm watching Bon Appetit like cooking videos. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm doing it to myself, yeah. but I'm getting ideas that's for post-show. You know? That is torture. Um, all right, so key points. Right? Let me see. Let me run down. Let me see if I got some of these for you. Okay. Pay attention. Well, this these is specific yours. to these are yours. These are mine. These are mine. I wrote these down okay, as like key points or whatever. They're not yours. my name to it. That's why I want you to. I want you to tell me how off I am on this because some of these fit, right? I don't like to show that you're listening. One, I'm gonna cross that off. Pay attention, but that's obviously has a lot to it. Where that's body language, staying focused, eye contact, posturing, all those kinds of things, fitting the vibe, asking specific questions. Providing feedback, and but when I when I wrote that down, I meant that as like the, uh, hey, hold up, can you clarify that for me? You know, or what you're saying is this, and doing a small summarization. And if you're wrong, they'll let you know. Yeah, right? that's all good stuff. Um, deferring judgment. So what I did by that, and that's where you brought this up very early in the conversation, was someone's having a conversation, and you had I have a I have a rebuttal, I have an answer to this, and you hold on to it. Just let it go. Oh yeah, and. Don't worry about it. Let the conversation go. Stay open and clear-minded and just focus on what the words are being said. And even if you do forget some of the stuff that was talked about, you got to a more important place in the conversation anyways. So you can really start, you know, going. Kill that ego. Um, Respond appropriately. I don't like that one either. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that that never existed. So pay attention, provide feedback and defer judgment. Those are the three that I I think are the most important. There, at least for me in my caveman ways, you know, yeah, and just being aware of the other person, understanding that energy that they're eliciting. What's their body language? Are they moving their hands? What are their facial expressions? Yeah, really yeah. take in all that information, gather it all up, because then you're gonna you know, understand what you're getting into, what they're really saying. Sometimes you can bridge the gap between the body language and the, the words coming out of their mouth is just not connecting. Yeah. Something's off here. Something's wrong. Now yeah. I can ask better questions. Now I can infer 
and kind of direct and, and help this individual, you know, get to where they want to be or where they wish they were going. Okay. So what are your, what are your, what are your key points, Kev? What do you think that you want people to take away from the listening session? Well, it's knowing the room. Where are you? What are you doing? Where's the environment in which this conversation is taking place? Who is this person? How much respect do we have? What's the mutual respect? You know, what are the benefits of this conversation? What do they want out of it? What do I want out of this? How can I respond? How can they respond? Are questions available on both sides? How open and freely can we speak? All that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of there, but I want, you know, all, all parties involved to get as much out of conversations as possible because I'm always looking for better conversations. Uh, and I think everyone else should too, even with strangers. You know, find out more about people. You're going to increase your happiness. You're going to increase the bonds you have within your favorite people. And you're also going to raise their level of value as well. I think a lot of people forgot that spoken language and listening and passing on story and history that's what we did for hundreds, thousands of years before before writing was even there. Like there was a, a, a bard of type that would sing the song of this hero of the village. They had the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have TikTok, right? Yeah, but that, but that's the thing, right? Like we've we're losing the ability to communicate, and I think that's why I honestly think that's why content creators, good content creators, and people that are creating Ooh. stuff and these podcasts are so important to people because i i know podcasts are literally just like five friends in a room getting drunk and they talk about nonsense but they do that as a full-time job because it's something that people relate to they're telling stories that make people smile they are emotional all of these things and we forget that conversation and vocalism and these things and being able to put the words from your emotions your mental the stories and the history and everything that's been built up to somebody else has been lost. And don't get me wrong, like books are great. The power They're of amazing. Human, well, the power of human connection is what got us here in the first place. It's yeah. people working together, people speaking, you know, around a fire, looking at it, looking at the old stories, guy telling, you know, telling history, you know, making sure that everyone understands the most impo- important aspects of their lineage, of the generations, of carnal knowledge, of how to live, how to, you know, survive, all those things. I mean, that's what has been passed on for centuries and centuries, and we haven't done enough of that. We aren't yeah. telling people we're in a different space now. We're not hunting and gathering, but we are in different forms, and that's why we can't lose the art of conversation. We cannot, and we have to be better at it because with these phones, everyone talks about it. We'd rather text than pick it up and call. A phone call will last two minutes. A text exchange lasts a couple of days. And there's not much connection there. Yeah. Maybe if you put some extra emojis in there, you might feel better about that connection, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still not the same. Being in the same room with somebody, getting into the depths of feelings and emotions, that's where that's going to be the stuff that you're going to remember. It's not going to be texting, that's for sure. You know, it's interesting. I, I avoided bringing this up earlier, but now that you brought it up, like there's there's times where I have a conversation, and maybe it's the my relationship with that individual. Or those individuals, not this specific person, but sometimes I can vocalize things better on a text to that person. But I think that that inherently is 
bad because well, my that means that my relationship with that person in 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 like in person I don't know how else to say that like in in the same room isn't as strong as it should be or their relationship with themselves isn't as strong as it should be fair okay and you can learn a lot about somebody if you can't speak verbally to them yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. room and if you have to text them and well, you, on the phone and if you like, have to change your tone through text to appease someone else, you're not being true to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for them to not be able to have you be the, yourself to them, they're also not your person. That's yeah. not your people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You can, you should always be yourself with all the people that you're speaking to. And if you can't speak to them the way you, you'd speak to anyone, then they're not your people. Kevin, my sheets are empty. Yeah, we covered a lot. <laughs> Any final words for the... No, I, I think I said a lot. I think probably said too much, but... It, no, never. I just can't tell you enough how good and how much deserving a little time alone can do for someone and really exploring the way you listen to someone, the way you feel, your thoughts, what you think, what you do. All that stuff, people think that it's that all that stuff isn't as meaningful as it is. And it is so incredibly meaningful. Yeah. Everything you do words, actions, thoughts, beliefs that is the, the pillars of who you are and what you do. It's everything. And if you just dissect it a little bit, you'll come up on the other side so much more understanding and loving of yourself. And maybe even. Forgiving. Only good can come of it. I think that's a good. I think it's a really good place to stop. I think there's. I think there's a lot more that could be said about this, probably, and I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully, we get some questions about it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we'll get attacked. Yeah. So, for those of you that uh, do have questions, you can either send them to us over at on the Weebs and Weights Instagram, or you can send them directly to Kevin. Um, we have some ideas on how we want to present some of that information so that everybody can maybe get a little bit more and we'll keep them anonymous and just kind of answer our questions straight up. But um, if you got anything out of this podcast and you enjoyed it and you think somebody else would enjoy it or if you didn't like it, share it anyways. Get it out there and see if anybody will, you know, enjoy it just as much as you did. And uh, we appreciate you. Kevin, thanks again for Thank another episode. So be healthy, stay healthy, keep uplifting each other. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs>